in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. Over the next half hour, um, I'm asking you to explore with me the very first action that God did in creation and how you and I are continuing to walk in that creative act today. Thousands of years later, our creator, he's still speaking light into his earth and he's creating a separation from light and darkness around it. And my hope today is that we are all part of that continuum of light. Will you just pray with me? Abba, we come before you as our great creator. And we come to you in trust in all that you're doing. And we ask that your word today would speak light into our world, into our lives, into our hearts. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here and moving among us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I have a book club <clears throat> that I've been responsible for since about 2013. And over the years, I'm, I'm the one that has, for the most part, chosen the books that we read each month. So there are certain criteria that I look at as I choose the book. Of course, the storyline is important, but I always read a few pages at the beginning of the book. And if the book, it doesn't just draw me in immediately um, with those first few paragraphs, I'll just cross it off and move on to the next book on my list. In my opinion, uh, the opening lines, the opening scene of any book is key to establishing interest in the entire story. And I love the opening words of the Bible. In the beginning, God. Now this verse isn't describing the beginning of God. You know, Revelation 4 tells us that there's these amazing heavenly creatures and they're always proclaiming, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, and who is to come. See, God doesn't have a beginning. Revelation 22 tells us he is the beginning. So we have to continue reading in Genesis 1 to understand what beginning that we're really talking about here. In the beginning, God created. The very first image, the very first impression, the very first action that we're told of our God is that he is a creator. Not a destroyer, but a creator. And as we read on, we learn what it is that he's creating. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We learn in Genesis chapter 1 about the creation of this physical reality in which we live. And in fact, as we read, we find out that God didn't have much to work with. Depending on what translation you read, 
the earth is described as formless and void, a waste, an emptiness. One version even calls it chaos. And darkness is over the surface of the deep. Not a pretty picture at all. But something else is going on. The Spirit of God is moving. The actual word here is Rahab, and it means moving or hovering. One thing I love to do in the spring and the summertime is, is to watch um, birds and how they're always watching over their nest. I saw one little bird chase off a great big bird the other day. It was pretty funny, but, but maybe you've seen this too, where a mama or a papa bird will come up to its nest instead of going in and landing. It's just flapping its wings harder, and it's hovering right there, checking on its chicks and seeing what they need. Well, in this opening scene of creation, that is what we see Holy Spirit doing. It's hovering over this dark, formless, chaotic mess, all the while waiting and watching. And then something amazing happens. God speaks, and he says, let there be light. And in that moment, we learn something very important. We learn that when God speaks, it happens because immediately there is light. Now, the, this light that God spoke into existence was not the sun, moon, and stars. Because as we le- read the whole creation story, we find out that's not created until day four of creation week. So we could spend time looking at, at the theological explanations, the scientific hypothesis of, of how light can exist without the sun. But I am not going to do that this morning. I'll let you guys look that up yourselves. But I will just throw out one fun idea from uh, Psalm 104, and it says that God wears light as a coat. So maybe he just took his coat off to roll up his sleeves to get started on the work of creation and uh, spoke those three words and light flashed out. I don't know. But you know what? I'm okay. This is just me personally. I'm okay with not having an explanation for God and how he does everything that he does. Um, In fact, I want my God to be bigger than my mind can even comprehend. Because there are things in this world that I cannot even begin to wrap my mind about around. And I need an omniscient, all-knowing God to be active and present in those situations. But here is one thing that I do know. In this moment of beginning, God created light and he separated that light from the darkness. Never, never again did only darkness exist upon this earth. And when God released light, that darkness could not again overcome it. Paul says it this way when he's talking about creation in 1 Corinthians. He says, God said, light shall shine out of darkness. It's the power of God to bring light when he desires and where he desires. And we have the promise that darkness cannot overcome his light, ever. There's another place in scripture that talks about beginning and light and darkness, and that's in the Gospel of John in the very first chapter of John. John was a beloved disciple, a very close friend of Jesus, and he wrote this. 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The Passion Translation says verse 5 like this, And this light, it never fails to shine through darkness. Light that darkness could not overcome. Verse 12 of that same chapter in John, it reveals that this word became flesh here on this earth as the only son of Father God. And then John goes on and he just writes a whole book telling of this wonderful story of Jesus. It's a really good read. I highly recommend it. Now there's several parallels in this first chapter of John with our creative narrative in Genesis 1. We see this phrase in the beginning, and we see this concept of separation of light and darkness. John reveals that in the beginning was Jesus, the only son from the Father. And he participated with God in those creative moments in Genesis. It was his light that brought life to mankind. Later in the Gospel of John, Jesus confirms this himself by saying, I am the light of the world. The one who follows me, he will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. At the beginning of creation, God spoke the word. Jesus breathed life into this light, and Holy Spirit, he just brought it all to completion. This picture is actually Sagittarius A. It's the very first picture of the center of our Milky Way. And scientists just released it in May, on May 12th of this year. I thought it was a pretty cool picture of light and darkness. And I really love that it was released while I was working on this talk about light and darkness. First time ever released. It had telescopes from all over the earth had to concentrate. I don't even know all the scientific stuff. But they all had to come together on this one point, And they captured this image. And I found it really fascinating that there are three distinct points of light and they're all joined together in one. And when you read Genesis 1-1 in the Hebrew, it says, in the beginning Elohim created. Now Elohim is the plural form of God. So in the moment uh, creation began, we have our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit working together in unity with their plan for this world that unbelievably included all of us in this moment sitting in this place. From the very beginning of our existence, from the very beginning of the existence of this earth, God, our Father, never intended for us to be left in darkness. Together, God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit created light, and they separated the light from the darkness. Now, if you ask a child oh, about ages of four to eight what they're afraid of, many of them will say, the dark, right? A bedroom that they'll play 
in for hours all day long, suddenly at night they don't even want to step foot in it. Their overactive imaginations see monsters in every shadow. So usually we put something in their room, right? What do we put in there? We put a nightlight. We put a nightlight in their room. And when I travel, I personally like to carry a flashlight in my suitcase. I've been in a couple hotels, actually, <laughs> where alarms have gone off, so I like to have a flashlight. Nobody likes to be left in the dark. Now, as adults, uh, we know that there's just more than physical darkness, right? The Bible tells us that there are deeds of darkness that we are uh, not to participate in. And we have only to look at the headlines and know that they are all around us. Human trafficking, child pornography, elementary school shootings. And Isaiah 5.20 gives this warning. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness. Who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Unfortunately, it's not just an overactive imagination that sees monsters in these dark places that I mentioned. There really are evil deeds of darkness where men and women justify their dark actions creating pain in this world. But I want us to look at another passage that John wrote, and he wrote this later. He wrote the Gospel of John, and then he wrote a few short letters to followers of Jesus. And John said, this is the message that we have heard from him. This is the message that John heard right from the mouth of Jesus to his very own ears. And I'm going to go on and proclaim it to you, that God is light. And in him, there's no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, while we walk in darkness, we lie. We don't practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, I love the buts in the Bible. <laughs> but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We all have a choice to walk in the light or walk in the darkness. Now, if I brought everybody in this room up here on this stage and the lights went out and I said, okay, everybody, leave the room, there could be some problems, right, for those who just take off. We need a light to do the task safely. And if I handed you all a simple math test, and I promise it would be simple because I'm not a math person. If I handed you all a simple math test and a pencil and the lights went off and I said, okay, take the test, and people started writing, there could be some issues, right, with their answers. Because we need light to see the problems. We need light to answer them correctly. We need light to separate the darkness. But we don't have to be afraid of the dark. We have a promise in this word. Daniel said it. He said, 
It's God who reveals the profound and hidden things. He knows what's in the darkness, and the light dwells with him. Even though that we know and would agree that darkness exists on the earth, nothing is hidden from our creator. Job tells us that God reveals mysteries from the darkness. And from the deep darkness, he turns that into light. So we need to pray. We need to pray that God will uncover what's being done in the darkness. That he will uncover it with his light. Only then, only then with his light shining can truth come into life. Our friend John that we've been talking about, he records a story of Jesus talking to a religious leader named Nicodemus in John chapter 3. And in this conversation, Jesus talks about those who want the light to shine and those who don't. This is what Jesus says to him. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear of their deeds being exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Now, on a pretty regular basis, we have people into our home. We have family, friends, people we're getting to know. And I can look around my house and I can go, hmm, looks pretty good. I think we'll be okay. Until I turn on the light. And then I'm like, oh yeah, there's some dust over there and some clutter in the corner and some debris on the floor. So I quickly, or not so quickly, depends, <laughs> get to work, clean it up so that my home is welcoming to those that are coming. And sometimes it's the same with my heart. I think, hey, I'm in pretty good shape. Until that true light of God's word penetrates into the clutter and the debris of sin in my heart. And even though it isn't pleasant to see those areas, I want them cleaned out so that others can see the light of Jesus in me. And that light, it shines into my heart and my mind as I read this word and as I as I have conversations with other people about what God is doing and what God's word is saying to them and the Holy Spirit is working in me, that light shines into those areas and healing occurs. You know, I think that we should be having conversations with one another about what we see happening in our lives and what we see happening in the world around us. In the past, the church has remained silent or been too quickly judgmental of issues of society and the heart. And I can say that because I've been both. 1 John 1, 7 that I read earlier, it tells us that we walk in the light of Jesus, then we can have fellowship with one another. That Greek word for fellowship is koinonia. And it has a deeper meaning of, of, of communion with one another. This idea of sharing and exchanging intimate thoughts and feelings. 
But the question comes, how can we safely do that? How can we safely have communion with one another? Well, that verse continues to answer that question. It says it's the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all sins. The safety lies in the fact that each and every one of us are sinners and we are desperately in need of a Savior. And that Savior is the sinless Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who shed his blood for my sins and for your sins. See, it's, it's a level playing field because we all enter through the same door. We all enter through the same door of the blood of Jesus. So that means that we can have open, non-judgmental conversations about issues like gender identity and abortion because they all need to be done with this book open. See, this book, this book is our flashlight in the darkness. It is our flashlight. Psalms 119.105 says, this word, your word, God, it's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This word is the flashlight in our dark world. We can walk in the light. But as followers of Jesus, we are to walk as he is in the light. And in, in lieu of this concept, Greg and I are talking, and we want to extend a monthly invitation to you to come to the table. Nate called it a current events life group. But what we would love to do is just broach a topic each month and explore it in the light of our flashlight. Third Sunday of the month, you don't have anything to do, you're welcome to come out to our place. We'll come together, we'll share a meal, and we'll have some open, safe dialogue about something. And we'll use this Bible as our guide. And there's two things that we want to do in that time together. First of all, we want to know what, what does God say about this issue? What does God say about it in his word? And then the second thing is then what is my, our position, our responsibility now as followers of Jesus with this information? There's a sign up slip out there at the, uh, at the welcome desk. You want to put your name down, contact information. We'll let you know when it's happening. Now you may say, Becky, I understand why you would want to know what God thinks about it. That's cool. I get that. But why do you think I have any responsibility then about that issue? Well, let me tell you what Jesus said when he was talking to followers. In Matthew chapter 5, he said, You are the light of the world. Your light, your light must shine before people in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Being silent in the darkness or, or too judgmental of the darkness does not glorify our Father. 
If you and I, if we collectively right here are the light of the world and we refuse to shine into the darkness, what happens? The world can become a very dark place. Paul, the apostle who wrote about, sorry, you guys see darkness sometimes in the world? Paul, the apostle who wrote about half of the New Testament, had very specific instructions for followers of Jesus regarding the light. That's what he said. He said, you were once darkness. I was once darkness. You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. As you try to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Do not participate in the useless deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. These verses tell us that as we walk out of darkness, we become light in the Lord. And as children of light, then there are certain evidences, certain fruits that are are, are apparent to all around us in our lives. There's goodness in our actions. There's righteousness, right standing. There's righteousness in our standing with God. And there's truth in our thoughts and our words. And I love that Paul includes, as you try to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. Because we're not going to get it right every time. We're not. But if we stay in the light, we are going to be able to discern what it is that we need to do. Mike Bickle is the pastor of the International uh, House of Prayer in Kansas City. And he says that the darkness is going to grow darker and the light is going to grow lighter. And we are heading into the ultimate showdown. But the good news is that God has called you. He has called you by name out of darkness, out of emptiness, out of chaos, into his marvelous light that's consisting of all goodness and righteousness and truth. So let's walk together. Let's walk together in this light of Jesus shining brightly. Let's let's open up this word and truly use it as the flashlight that we need so desperately to light our way. And if you, like it's a big book, I get it. If you need a place to start, start with that guy I've been talking about. Start with John. Let us be a people that are, have open conversation. That we're navigating light through the light and the love of Jesus. I've been, I'm 60 years old. And I've been in the church ever since I've been two weeks old. 
I can tell you that we have been judgmental. That we have been silent. We can't do that anymore. We can't just be the church inside this building. We have to be the light outside. We have to live in such a way that our light is shining that it draws people to Him. We can't look like uh, an angry person at the deli the other day because he wasn't doing the order like I thought he should. We need to let our good work shine so that our Father is evident to all. Let us be that people. You are invited to come to our table. Maybe you want to open up your own table. That would be wonderful. Or maybe you're thinking back to Genesis chapter 1 and you're saying, you know, right now, I'm a mess. My heart is empty. And there are dark places. I need that light and love of Jesus. Please talk to someone before you leave today. In our prayer room, talk to me. Talk to me. We would love to pray with you. Remember this, dear ones. You, you, you are the light of the world. Because the light, the life of Jesus lives in you. Creator of light, we come before you right now in this moment. And we're so thankful, we're so thankful that you did not leave us in the darkness. You did not leave us in the chaos that even at times we created ourselves. You did not leave us there. But that you called us out of that. You called us out of those, of those deeds of darkness. You called us out of that into your marvelous light. And I pray for each flame and flicker of light in this room. I pray that it would turn into a roaring bonfire. That we would go out into this community, into our places of employment. That we would go out into our summer vacations. We would go out everywhere, shining, shining, shining brightly. The life and the love of Jesus. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to do what you do, to bring revelation and truth from your word as we open it. That it truly, this word, would be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And I ask all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.